For everything you want to know about real estate, it's time to take action. Schedule today. Ron and Don sit down.com is the way. Ron and Don. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. Okay, how much do I have to pay you for this? (laughs) One (laughs) dollar. Hey guys, what's going on? It's episode 161 of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron, I'm Don. He's wearing electric blue right now. It matches his truck. Why are you matching your truck today? Well, you told me you gave me a compliment. You rarely give me a compliment. Ever. Yeah. And I bought this T-shirt. It was on sale online. I like it. it shows your man boobs. And uh, you said that sh- that color looks good on you, so I bought three of them. Oh, yeah. And so now I have three <laughs> of the same shirt because I agree it's it's a good shirt on me. Is so. that why you went out and bought the same electric blue truck? No, or? the truck uh, is Calvary blue. Calvary blue. And I that, love that. I, that. It's a great color. It's a great. So I, I have that one. Uh, that one on there. Because your underwear right now. What color is my underwear? Yeah, Calvary I have blue. No, no, it's not electric blue. How do you know? What color is it? Let me see. Oh, skull and crossbones. It's got skull and crossbones on it. Why? Because I joined Me Undies and you have the, <laughs> the fun pack. One of the options is the fun pack. You're like, yeah, just give me the fun what design. Is the Me-Undies? Those are fun. Yeah. Thanks for showing me your drawers. Sure. What it, so it's Me Undies. Me Undies, they make, they're very comfortable, box of briefs. Okay. But you can choose like standard colors okay. or they have one that's like fun design pack. And so I just I, I said send me the fun ones. You know what? So I have a no, I have a snowman one that came. I got skull and crossbones. I got one that glows in the dark. Yeah. Uh, lightning bolts. They're they're just fun. How do you keep them from bunching up? I, you I you pull them down every once in a while. Just gotta kind of pull them down. Uh, like that. I find my yeah. I'm not gonna go in anyway. You, I I was wondering why you were so fun today, and it's because you have your fundies on. Yeah, exactly. Are they called fundies? No, we should make that round on funderwear. You make you wear the fun the thunderwear, and I'll bring the thunderwear. I'll bring the thunder. Wow! Anyway, hey, that just happened. Episode one sixty one. We're going to talk about friends. Did you know the cookbooks coming out? I did not. Friends cookbooks coming out, so we're going to get to that. Also, I watched my son's teacher do something extraordinary the other day because now I'm eavesdropping on his schooling, and I want to share it with you. Uh, before I share that, though, let's share this. Uh, Raiders. Raiders. It's interesting. You and I worked for the Raiders in 1997 as sideline reporters, and then we also worked for the Raider Nation, the radio broadcast. We were on a station called the Ticket 1050, kicking your ass around the bay with Ron and Don, or four nuts in the morning. Is a picture of us in our underwear. In our funderwear. In our funderwear with combat boots on, and basically uh, just underwear, hats on backwards that said Raiders on it, four nuts in the morning. Get it? I, I got it at the yeah, time. And our, yeah, and our underwear was pulled way up to our chest. That was a billboard that got your attention. But so the, the uh, Raiders now have moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. They had their very first home game. They yeah. built a stadium there. And John, and just, I wanted to finish. John Gruden was the coach then. He's the coach now. And that's kind of our through line with the Raiders. But yeah, they have moved to Las Vegas. They were playing on an old, uh, old baseball field where the Oakland A's played. And the city of Oakland was not willing to go in and give them the stadium they 
they wanted. Las Vegas said, we'll give you the stadium you wanted. So you got to come to Vegas. The NFL, though, said for a long time, because of the gambling rules, uh, we don't know if we want to have a team here. And then the owners got together with Al Davis's son, Mark, who has a $300 haircut where he puts a salad bowl on his head. and literally just spins it around. Uh, Your thoughts... By the way, they look really good when you're not playing on an old baseball field and you can actually use AstroTurf. They got a really fast team. Well, they beat the Saints on Monday night in their home opener. Did you gamble on it? I did not gamble on it. There's no sports gambling in the state of Washington. But this is what I'm wondering. So it never happens in Washington. Yes. What do you think the future is here? Because the NBA has already signaled that they believe the future of revenue generation uh, for the association is gambling. And so they are actively on the forefront to say, we're not anti-gambling. We want fantasy. Leagues. We can't beat you, so we, we're gonna join you. Yeah, so yeah. that we just want to cut. Yeah, we want to be. We want a piece of the pie. And with this move, to see a an NFL franchise in our lifetime in Las Vegas, Nevada, minutes from the strip, minutes from the biggest sports books in 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 America, in the world, maybe is shocking to me because the line that we've been fed our entire life was there is so much money at play in these big casinos that you could get someone uh, to that will be able to access a key player, the guy that's got his hands on the ball. So whether that's a punter, whether that's a quarterback, whether that's a receiver, what have you, a running back. What about a punter? Could be a punter. What about a receiver? Even a snapper. What about a running back? All those things I just said. Okay. And, 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 and if you had a, a big-time gambler that could say, hey, uh, here's what we need you to do. Miss a couple field goals this game. We're going to pay you $700,000, a million dollars, whatever whatever it is. Uh, miss a couple field goals, drop a couple passes, fumble a ball in the red zone, throw an INT uh, at an opportune time. Don't make it too obvious, but we need you to not cover the spread. And, and the thing with uh, if you're not a gambler, you could win the game and still not cover the spread and so it wouldn't impact your record. It just impacts the gamblers. So if you're in a, in a game where the spread is four points, all you got to do is not win by four points. So you could have someone uh, give up a, a field goal or whatever at the end of the game, cover the spread, still win the game. And so this has been the, the thing that has been told to us our entire lives. You can't have the NFL in Las Vegas because it's going to be corrupt. It will be corrupted because there's just so much money there and there are sports gamblers that will wager seven figures a week uh, or they will be uh, try to move the line there's a whole thing on 60 minutes they did with the the real upper echelon the sports gamblers go in they have better information than the other nfl team does many times it's because they have paid informants all over the league uh, where they can move a line uh, in their favor by wagering giant sums of money and they win giant sums of money. Uh, do you think there's any danger of that happening? Because guys are going to go out on the strip. Guys are going to go into these clubs if you're on the Raiders or if you're going to Vegas two days before. They're going to stay in the room. Yeah. If you know that the that they're having a huge party at the Bellagio and that you have VIP access wherever you go because you're on the opposing team, 
the players are going to take advantage of that and other things uh, that may happen in an extra room on the 50th floor of a, of a casino hotel resort. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. When you and I started uh, work at KJR uh, over two decades ago on a sports radio station, we would sit around. We had something called the Sports Pit where all the guys who worked the station, so, so Mitch in the morning was there. Uh, Dave Grosby was there. God bless him. Uh, Mike Gastineau uh, was there. Softy Mahler is still in KJR. He was there. We would be there. Uh, once in a while, you see the T-Man who was working in the building and actually started nights there, uh, Rob Tepper. And everybody would sit around and talk about gambling. And they would talk about, and everybody would gather when there would be a horse race. Everybody would gather when there would be a fight. Uh, everybody would gather when there would be some kind, of, some kind of game. And it always pivoted back to gambling on these fights when there was fight night. And I remember going to fight night with these guys and everybody's like, who you got? How much, how much you bet? And it just, I've never, ever been interested in that. Like, and, and I know uh, I should probably burn my man card, as they say right here and now. I just, I don't. I don't find it interesting. I don't care. Like, I don't care. My friend Mike called me, who's big-time sports gambler from New Orleans, and he wanted to talk strategy. And I'll sit there and talk strategy in football because I, I care about the strategy. But, but then he wanted to take that information and use that to fuel his betting. And I don't... Like, the dopamine hit that you get... And there's, the dopamine hit that people get from that, or they get from playing cards or poker or any of that stuff. And I know you really like the mental challenge of doing some of that. In the same way that you may look at exercising and you're just going, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. There's nothing in me that gets it. And I get no dopamine hit from it whatsoever. You don't, but so, millions of Americans do. And I think we're right. one step closer to the NFL endorsing this. And if the NFL endorses fantasy leagues, they endorse uh, where you can gamble on one single Sunday and pick your roster. Yeah. Uh, then you lobby that out to the states. If the NFL puts its official stamp and says, we have a team in Vegas now, mm. we have millions and mil- probably hundreds of millions of dollars at stake billions we want a piece of the pie here billions. i mean just for them the there'll, bi- there'll be billions I, of dollars okay. wagered but their I, take I, of it what i have read is there there's more money now that exchange hands and gambling with college and pro football than changes hands at stadiums and nfl but, but a lot of that goes back TV to the gamblers and everything else but that's not all profit I'm saying the profit to the league could be hundreds of millions of dollars. I just think that, that that it's people should pay attention to that if they care about sports at all. Having an NFL franchise, even though it happens to be the Raiders in Las Vegas, I think is a sea change. And look for look for some sort of legalized football gambling to start happening in the next couple of years, and it will come to the state of Washington. Everybody's going to want their piece of the pie on this because there's just so much interest. It was early early on in my recovery i read a, a book by rich roll and he talked about us all being on and he, he's a famous ultra athlete and now has an incredible podcast and if you struggle in any area of your life with addiction uh check out his podcast and his book ultraman because uh, it, it really helped me and he doesn't focus so much he's an alcoholic uh he doesn't focus so much on the alcohol portion as he does the addiction and he says we're all addicted to something and it's like when you talk about sugar, I don't get it. I just like dessert. I can take or leave. I could not eat dessert for the rest of my life. I could not have a piece of chocolate, and it wouldn't. I don't. I don't get that addiction. 
People addicted to porn. I've watched porn. I don't get the addiction to porn. I don't get it. Gambling. I don't get it. I do not get how people wreck their lives when it comes to gambling. When it comes to alcohol, I get it. I'm on that spectrum. So my concern would be for the people out there that have the tendency towards that gambling addiction. I know of guys that have completely ended up spending everything they have and everything they don't have and wrecking, wrecking what they have with their family, their spouse, their partner, their business partner as a result of that. I'll give you the final say. That's my concern. Well, as you said, people are addicted to something. Yeah. Uh, it's a fixed percentage of the population. I, I just found it interesting to watch that game have a brand new sparkling stadium right off the strip. The strategy, if it was a non-COVID year, was is going to be uh, exorbitant or extravagant packages for these fans to fly in from cities around America. And I would do that. I've already talked to our buddy Michael. Dude, we'll meet in Vegas. Like if the Seahawks played down there and I could get a reasonably priced package, game ticket, hotel room, airfare, why wouldn't I meet up with a couple buddies go to that game and have a great weekend, fly in on a Friday night, come back on a, on a Sunday night or a Monday. That would be a, a really fun time. That's what Vegas is counting on. And, uh, and I think that it's smart. And I think that we'll be able to see uh, fantasy football betting very, very soon. Uh, we come back. Let's talk about friends. They got a new cookbook out. And when is that reunion going to be? When is that happening? Also, I saw my uh, son do, his teacher do something extraordinary the other day I want to share with you. And then I saw a wounded warrior uh, connect with a Vietnam warrior. I want to talk about that too. We'll talk about that on the other side of this. When it comes to your real estate journey, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Dan Martin. Hey, I'm Connor. My son wanted to get out of Pullman and he was thinking, well, where could I live where I could be close to a ski area? He thought, well, let's start looking in Seattle. And it grown to trust the image of Ron and Don, you know, doing their, their advocacy for all the charities and stuff that they do. And I thought, well, they seem like good guys. Let's go for it. So I've got two Alaskan Malamutes. I was surprised how quickly, especially after meeting with Don, how quickly they kind of zeroed into what I was looking for. And being that it was a house for me and the dogs that they zeroed in on fenced yard, basement access, if possible. It felt really good knowing that they were looking for what I was looking for or what we were looking for. We looked at our figures and looked at, at stuff. We thought, okay, we can afford to offer this amount. And we were way low. So when it came to this one, Ron and Don said, if we go in hot with a decent offer, and he learned that this house had an offer on it. He said, if we go in at this amount, we think we can jump ahead and have people close before uh, they intended to. And sure enough, it worked out. I don't think we would have like necessarily found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without, a, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor. I don't think we'd have this house. If, if it hadn't been for Ron and Don, we wouldn't have gotten this house if they hadn't shown the energy and I guess using their skills and everything to make it happen. It wouldn't have happened. We would have still been looking around and every weekend being underbid. They seemed very enthused for a, you know a deal to get done and for us to be successful. That felt really good. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward and uh, you know, I definitely would recommend them. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. 
Hey, you guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in to episode 161. It's the Ron and Don Show live from the Les Schwab Studios. Don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. When you're ready to sit down with us, let's do it. All you got to do is go to ronanddonsitdown.com. That's pretty famous right there. You do that in your car, don't you? And Because we know the six characters that we love from Friends. Uh, I remember dating a girl in the 90s, and we would have these huge house parties. And everyone would come over, and I would just like Ross. She would just like Rachel, and we would. And her name. What was weird is my name used to be Ross, and her name was actually Rachel. And we would have these big friends parties, which is crazy. She's also a twin, so sometimes I actually thought she was her sister. But I have a story. Actually, I have a really great. Well, I'm not going to go into it here. Nonetheless. They got a new cookbook out, so if you're interested in uh, Rachel's Lobster Bisque, for instance, that's going to be in the Friends Cookbook. Uh, This is according to People Magazine. Uh, They say, Joey doesn't share his food, and you might not either, once you try the recipes in the brand new Friends Cookbook. Uh, U.S. Magazine has said, could could we be any more excited about this impending release Uh, It's a rhetorical question. Uh, The Insider Magazine says, if you've ever wanted a true taste of friends, this is how to do it. And then finally, they say over 60 recipes taken from the Inspired Show, and it's licensed by uh, friends, and that's from the Huffington Post. Here's my question. And I heard uh, Rachel talk about this the other day, as Rachel. Uh, No, what is her name again? Help me. Jennifer Aniston. I'm one of those old people. What's her name again? What's the name of that lady that was in the thing with the hair? (laughs) That's coming. (laughs) What's really great is... Episode one million, Ron and Don. What was the thing with the D? Ah, my back hurts. What was the name of that thing with the thing? Anyway, I heard her interview and I thought it was thoughtful. And she didn't say anything about money, but these guys continue to make so much money. It's unlike Gilligan's Island, where only two of the characters on Gilligan's Island, once they got off the island, when they stopped shooting that three years later, it was like Marianne. She continued to get paid because she made sure that that was in her contract. Little Buddy, uh, the skipper, not so much. Thurston Howell third smart guy right there, because he got residuals, too, uh, after that show was over. Friends looked at that example and said, wow, look at the Brady Bunch. They have to go around and continue to be Greg Brady uh, in order to get paid and remake these movies and all that. We don't want to do that. So they continue to make money, even though they haven't started on that show in years. Same with, we saw the same thing with Seinfeld, right? All those four characters still get, still get, uh, still get paid. They've been asked... And they would all love to do it, to do a reunion show. And what they're saying is, and I think they're shooting this now, and then COVID happened. We'll do a reunion show, kind of like what Happy Days ultimately ended up doing when some of the characters had passed away and they couldn't do reunions because they made a couple of them, where they would just sit around in chairs, they play clips, and then they tell you what's happening behind the scenes. So the characters and the actors that did it, they said, we're interested in doing that. We'd actually love to get on that soundstage and perform one more time together, but we all know that if we did it, we would ruin it. Do you think they'd ruin it if they all got on that stage uh, at Coffee per- Is it Coffee Perks? I think it is. One more time. Yeah, I mean, most likely they would. I think the, the reboot era has has run its course. When, and you talked in the previous segment about things that you don't get. I never really got friends. Like, I was aware of it. 
Because back then it was appointment television. You know, I think it was even pre uh, TiVo, like you couldn't get everything online and streamed. And so there was so much chatter about it around the workplace that you sort of had to be aware of it. But I never, like I connected more with Seinfeld. Like I thought there was some very witty things in there and you sort of, the the way that the characters were drawn and the way the storylines intersected, I always thought that was much more clever. So like I connected with that show. Friends, I was like, God, it's so bubbly and surface and there's no, like, it was so incestuous. It's like, you're just going to work your way through and date every other friend on the set. And it was just, so I, I never really connected with it. But I think they'd be wise to do what you just said and not try to reboot it. Um, because that would kill the magic. They, and I think the cookbook is fine, or the, the show that you just talked about would probably be interesting. If they choose to reveal anything, if all they do is yuck it up for an hour uh, and don't really give you anything, that's not that fun. Uh, but yeah, I think this whole appetite to take something that was a guaranteed success and just keep serving it up over... Like, how many Spider-Mans do we need? We need more. I, I recently discovered, because I used to watch all the Spider-Mans from 1967, and my son and I will watch that television show, and it's Spider-Man. You don't know where the Spider-Net is going. It, has, it, can, it can't be, when you looked at the, the angle of the web, it can't be attached to a building. It has to be attached to something else in the sky. And we have, we have lots of ideas about what we think that is. And then in 1967, the year I was born, you just keep going past the same four buildings all the time. So you watch like a show like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I mean, that's real entertainment right there. I just found out, have, have you seen any of the Marvel comic shows? I mean, I just, I, Welcome to, to I just 2020. met Thor, Thor for the first time. I remind me a lot of Thor. I really do. Uh, I remind me a lot of the Incredible Hulk. Uh, so I've been watching all these shows, getting inundated. Let me tell you this. The worst reboot ever for me. And then I want to hear the worst reboot that you've ever seen. I was so looking forward to Chips. Ponch and John. They're back on the motorcycles. They're back on... Uh, out there, it's California Highway Patrol. Maybe they're going to run into Squad 51, Gage and DeSoto. I thought that right there, if you did that show for me, if you did that show for me, Squad 51, Gage and DeSoto, meet up. I feel like I'm on an episode of Nick and Night Meet up here. with Ponch and John at a donut shop and have a couple donuts. And then Bonnie walks in along along do do you remember do you remember the name of the nurse rampart squad 51 yes you do dixie you got dixie walking in you got bonnie walking in happy guy over here all i know is that john didn't miss very many donuts well hang on why did you give it i'm, I'm telling my story i'm telling my story right. you just gave it away what did i give away you just gave it away you gave it away because John couldn't ride on the motorcycle anymore. He'd gotten too fat and too many donuts. And so he was in a police cruiser. And even in the police cruiser, he couldn't get out. And then they, the cool thing about chips is when the guys are on the motorcycles going down the freeway at 91 miles an hour, because if you've ever been on the 101 in California, you have to go. The, the, the average speed is about 91 miles an hour. They're sitting there and they would always chat 
which you knew was impossible on their motorcycles. Now in the reboot, it's John in the car and he's looking over, talking out the window. Ponch looked good though. Because he's talking to Ponch. Well, because Ponch went down to Mexico and Venezuela, Hunters. He became even a bigger star and still a tele- is. A- Telenovela is what they're Yeah, called? he's a huge star down there. Uh, on the reboot, the t- correct me if I'm wrong, but did not Dukes of Hazard try to put Daisy back in some Daisy Dukes? Yeah. And, she, and it was not. Well, didn't I, go. Don't, I don't want to be sexist and mean toward Daisy. Uh, maybe they should have never put her in the Daisy Dukes in the first place. I don't know. But Bonnie and Dixie, we never saw them again. Never. There's some other actor that played Bonnie in the reboot. And I'm just sitting there going, that is not Bonnie. That is not Dixie from Rampart. I have no interest in this. And I walked away. And even when Eric Estrada quit that show and they tried to give John a different partner, I was done and I'm still done. Worst reboot ever. Do you have the worst reboot I ever? I was saying the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, that was bad. You can't really slide over the hood anymore. <laughs> In that age category. Yeah, we come back. Some final thoughts about teaching in the age of COVID and also uh, a thought about Wounded Wars. Hey, you guys, if you like our podcast, you might like another podcast. Uh, it's called GeekWire. And the cool thing about GeekWire is they cover technology and they cover all the big names. They do some incredible interviews with the likes of Steve Ballmer, Bill Gates. And I love their mantra, too. Their mantra is, what happens in Seattle? Well, it matters everywhere. It does. And I really like Todd Bishop. He runs the show over there. GeekWire is a website and a podcast. It drops every week on Apple, Stitcher, your favorite podcast app. Check these guys out. GeekWire, if you're into technology, if you want to be in the know for what's happening here in the big tech boom of Seattle, it's GeekWire. yourself dreaming about a new home go from just a dream to the dream team schedule your time at ron and don sitdown.com hey guys thanks for listening to episode 161 of the ron and don show and again we'd love to sit down with you we do it every morning at 7 30 uh so if you want to sit down with us if you need some guidance buying selling investing uh you're wondering how long is cheap money going to be cheap what's going to happen with the election coming out what's going to happen after the election and what's going to happen to the real estate market What's the current market in the microclimates like in Seattle and the surrounding areas? And also, what is the impact right now? What is the impact with what a lot of people are saying is Amazon moving to Bellevue? That's not HQ2. Some people say that's HQ1 in Seattle because of what's happening here. Politics and head tax. This could be HQ2 now. How about that? We'll talk about that before we do that, before we get out of here. I heard my son talking to a computer screen the other day, and I started to listen in, and it was extraordinary. Uh, And it was his teacher that was having a conversation. He hangs out, uh, and they use Microsoft Rooms in a Microsoft Room just to talk to kids if they have any questions. And what I heard my son's teacher doing was really encouraging him because uh, being on these calls... And being on these screens is really taxing on these young minds. And by the time my son gets done with the day, and I imagine with your kids it's the same too, they are wiped out. They are just completely wiped out from it, you guys. So that's why I make sure when we get a break, we grab Charlie the dog and we go for a walk every single time. Because when you walk and you feel that release in your feet, the bloodstream, that all heads up to your heart, it heads towards your mind and your head, and that's why you feel rejuvenated. And a lot of times you get your best ideas when you're in the shower, 
because the water flow on your head and also when you go for a walk somewhere stimulates it. So it's good for your brain. It's good for your heart. Uh, it's just good for your mental health and your well-being. Anyway, he was really just encouraging my son because a lot of times when it comes to his work, he's super slow. And some people have said he is slow. Uh, and, and this is just being a protective parent here and a daddy bear. I think my son is anything but slow. Um, so nonetheless, I ended up having, I wrote the teacher and I said, Hey, what you did today for my son was really extraordinary. The way that you would take that time. And I listened to what he was saying to my son and I'm like, how does he know all this? Cause you've only been his teacher for two weeks. How do you know all these things? How have you unlocked all these things? And I was learning things as he was saying stuff to my son that I didn't realize. And, and, I, and I learned as I was eavesdropping and, over, and, and, and listening. So I sent him a note to thank him. He was very thankful to get a note of thanks. And then what I found out, this is extraordinary. He had gone back and read all the notes about my son going all the way back to kindergarten. He read his complete file. First grade, second grade, third grade fourth grade and now he is here he is fifth grade I was blown away by that that you can have close to 30 kids in your classroom it's the age of COVID kids are getting bumped offline all the time and they're flowing in and out of those rooms and they're throwing up backgrounds and they're over in the chat and you're just you're you are just as a as an educator you're just trying to keep all these kids online at the same time. That's the first thing you're trying to do. And then second, you have to teach them something. And the something you're teaching them means that they have to pass tests in order to go on to the next grade. And really, in order for you, in some states, to keep your job. I just thought, with everything going on, it was pretty extraordinary that he would take the time to learn so much about my child in a public school setting. He didn't know who I was. It wasn't because I used to be a guy on the radio or I'm something special. In fact, when I jumped on, he called me dad and then he asked me what my, my first name was because he knew nothing about me. I thought that was pretty extraordinary for a public teacher to do that for my child. And I just want to encourage everybody out there to be an encourager right now. And it's hard because we get in our own rut in life and we forget to keep reaching out to others I read something the other day I really like called Connect Four, where you just try to connect with four other people during the day that maybe you haven't connected with in a while. That's one of the reasons I reached out to this teacher because I wanted to connect with him. And boy, did I learn something very valuable in, in that exchange. Yeah, the, these teachers uh, are being heroic, I think. And I don't use that word lightly because it, all the challenges you just said are uh, all in play. And when you watch a good teacher and you see the effort they're taking uh, to connect with kids, uh, it is remarkable. And I think we really need to reevaluate this strategy of keeping a kid on a Zoom call for 25, 30 hours a week. I, I don't think that's a viable strategy long term, even, even kids all the way up into college. It's just not a viable way to learn. So in my opinion... And uh, I agree with you that that is remarkable uh, to see the lengths to which a lot of these teachers are going to. They, I mean, they they deserve a raise. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it's it's incredibly difficult what they're trying to do. Yeah, and I think the power of gratitude, and you'll notice this if you have some kind of daily routine or morning routine, when you, when you take the time to thank other people 
it you just you it elevates your heart and your soul uh and that too i learned from my son when he prays he only is thankful he never asks for anything and it's not because i told him i'm like hey what about the new car for dad but we never get that in there which just ticks me off just being thankful for the sun the moon the flowers in june anyway uh, something I want to read. People will ask us every once in a while. This is the last thing we'll talk about. They're like, hey, my listing is insignificant. Or my listing's too far away. You guys are in Seattle. It's home of the million-dollar listing. Why would you want to represent a condo like mine uh, down in Auburn? You know, this thing might be worth, I don't know, 200 grand, 300 grand. Uh, why would you be interested in coming all the way down here and 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 selling this home for us. What's your take on that? I mean, it, it's uh, to me about the people and the stories. If, if we've connected with you over the years and you trust us uh, to be a part of a huge transition, I, I, I honestly don't look at, at, at transaction amounts uh, for this reason. I remember my parents uh, when I was a kid buying the house that I grew up in. Their monthly payment was $119 a month. And for my family with three kids and like all the utilities and food and all the expenses we had as a family, that, that was not a slam dunk every month to, to get that 119 bucks and still have all the incidentals and in, in the build obligations that we had as a family. So I, I know what that means to, I don't remember what the price of the house was, but I remember that that mortgage payment, my, I remember my mom sitting down at the kitchen table every month and balancing that checkbook longhand down to the penny uh, and being concerned about it, like well, watching because, her. Because that, because now there's a lot of Marlboro Lights that you cannot buy. That's <laughs> now, that neither of them were the smokers. So like, it, the, it doesn't matter that the, the amount doesn't matter to me. It, it matters to me of like helping someone through a transition point in their life that's significant to them and getting a good result for them. Your dad was not a smoker. I'm just, it wasn't Marlboro lights. (laughs) Anyway, we had someone call us a couple months ago and they said, could you help us uh, with one of life's biggest transactions? I'm not going to say what their names are. Uh, I don't think that's important to the story. We, and Ron came up with this idea, and I really like it. When we go to work for you, we go to work with you, and we create a team, and you have to do your part, and we're going to do ours. And then we bring a whole pack of people uh, that are part of our team, too. One of the team members we bring, he's extraordinary. His name is John. And John is an inspector. And John and I will go together, or Ron and John will go somewhere. And we will go and we'll inspect a home to find out what's wrong so we can make it right, so we can remedy that. And we do that on most of our properties. Uh, There's other realtors out there that don't do that because they don't want to find out what's wrong and they don't want to fix it. Uh, We think it's important to either fix those things or reveal those things. And so John is one of our uh, great inspectors. We went down south to a condominium uh, that is owned by a couple and one, uh, one side of the couple is a warrior, a wounded warrior. And I won't tell you about his wounds or his name or just he's a United States Marine that served in places like Iraq and Afghanistan and recently uh, came back. John is there and he's doing the inspection and he's underneath the sink. The, John had told me before 
that he volunteers in the wintertime to help wounded warriors ski. And I didn't know why. He just told me this story. So I'm standing in the kitchen with our client, who's our wounded warrior, who's the United States Marine, who's back home. John is under the sink, and I am standing there doing nothing, as usual. Absolutely nothing. Just being lazy, because that's my MO. Uh, and this is what happened next. Uh, and I put this on my Facebook page if you want to share it. It says, I was standing in the kitchen of uh, this home in Auburn the other day with an inspector. Uh, talking to a United States Marine who had recently returned home. And to my own shame, you guys, I sometimes forget that men and women are still in harm's way fighting a war for 19 years now. And this young man, he was a wounded warrior. Uh, his names and wounds, I'll keep private, but he taught me something that was super important. I asked him, what was it like when you stepped off the plane coming home from the Middle East? He shocked me. He said, it was incredible. I was taken aback by that. I said, how is it incredible? He said, you know what? It was the Vietnam vets, many in their 70s. They stood as attention, at attention as we walked off the plane. He said, then they hugged us. They fed us. They handed us free phones that we could immediately call home. And then they handed out their cards with their names and their numbers while proclaiming to all of us and hugging us, saying, welcome home. Welcome home, Marine. Welcome home, Devil Dog. Welcome home. They said that to every single devil dog that disembarked. And for you guys that don't know, United States Marines, they're called devil dogs. They wanted them to know that we have your back, that we have your six. Then, up from the counter, popped up John the Inspector. Grain hair, loving eyes, a flashlight in hand, approaching his 70s. And with a lot of emotion, he said, you know what? Quote, we welcomed you home because we were never welcomed home when we returned. Close quote. Our inspector, I found out in that moment, he was drafted into the Vietnam War. And those two had a lot to share and a lot to talk about. That conversation is private. But what I saw was extremely powerful. It was wonderful. It was a healing moment for both men. This home is no longer for sale. We sold it today. But I can't stop thinking about those two souls in that kitchen. I'll be making a donation to a local project that helps men and women when they come home from war. And in fact, it's to the organization that John works with. And we'll put that in our show notes if you'd like to make a donation too. To all of you that have worn the flag on your shoulder and you have rushed towards danger, I played in a park with my son 6,000 miles away. Thank you. Welcome home. And to all the Vietnam vets out there, you are the shiznit. Love, respect, honor to all of you. Any of you that have served see me, tell me to stop and give you 30 and drop. Maybe I'll give you 35. Have a great journey, young Marine. Thanks for letting us be a part of your journey up to this point. Oorah, that is all from Ron and Don. That is all for episode 161, you guys. Keep your head up, shoulders back. And let's not forget, for 19 years, men and women have been going to war, and some of them not coming home. 
Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Oh,